The reading this morning comes from Luke 2, 22 to 40. When the time of their purification, according to the law of Moses, had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, for which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. This is the word of the Lord. Okay, quick icebreaker to get us going this morning. Um, turn to the person next to you and describe yourself in three words. How would you describe yourself in three words? Now, be a... Uh, It'll be interesting to hear some of these descriptions, so I'll just come running around a little bit. If you think that maybe the person next to you came up with a really good description of themselves, uh, something uh, humorous or something that's just very spot on, then uh, put your hand up and um, land the minute. So let's see what we've got. Child of God. Oh, we've got, a, we've got a holy answer. We've got a good spiritual answer. Now everyone else is going to not say anything because they think, oh, mine wasn't quite so spiritual as that. Um, what, el- what else did we have then from various folks? Go on, be brave. Determined. Oh, determined. Just one word. 
They didn't need, didn't need three. Happy, happy with just one. Anyone, anyone over here? Three words? Absolutely blooming amazing. Oh, well, there you go. Anyone else got anything to compete with that? One more? Someone over here? Loyal, okay, fantastic, one word. Um, someone at, um, I, I was, I offered this at Quakers Road, and um, from where I was, I couldn't hear everyone's conversation, but um, someone said, three words, silly old woman. <laughs> well, I hope it was tongue-in-cheek and they weren't feeling like a silly old woman. As we look at the first couple chapters of Luke's Gospel, um, we find um, Luke indulging in some brief descriptions of the key characters around Jesus' childhood. So um, in chapter one of Luke's Gospel, you've got Elizabeth and Zechariah, who are described as righteous, childless, and very old. Um, Mary is a virgin, pledged to be married. Joseph is a man, a descendant of David. The shepherds don't even get a description. They're just, you know, ordinary out there on the edge on the hillside. Let's not bother with them. It's just some shepherds doing what they do. And then we come to this passage we've just had read to us in, uh, in chapter 2, where we read of Simeon, who is a man who is righteous and devout, Sounds like a bit of a god to me. And then you get Anna. We get a bit of family history, which tribe she's from. And then we're told she's a prophet, and she was very old and had been a widow for many, many years. Is Luke showing some ageist tendencies? I don't think so. He wants to make a really important point. God sent his son for ordinary people like you and me. And so we're introduced in those first couple of chapters to a teenage girl, a childless couple, some ordinary shepherds, some old people aware of their own mortality, and a humble carpenter. And we're reminded that the good news of Jesus is for all. If you're of an older vintage, it may be that you can sometimes be made to feel like your time is gone. You might feel like a silly old woman. Leave it to the youngsters now. Or if you're young, you may feel that sometimes you're overlooked and not given a voice. That the attitude of some people around you is that, well, your time will come one day, but not yet. Stay in your place. I've been uh, milking to death over the last couple of weeks analogies based on the title of Prince Harry's book, Spare. Uh, some of you I know have read the article I uh, put together for Down End Voice. And um, it's just desperately sad that, you know, Harry feels or has been made to feel spare. Um, leftover surplus to requirements not quite as good or as important as his brother. 
And we can sometimes feel a little bit spare, left over, and yet God says to us something very different. We can feel um, second rate because we're single or because we don't have children. We can be made to feel inferior in some way because of our profession. Social media might say to us that we have to live up to a particular image to have value. But the gospel says, taking on Isaiah's words, you are precious and honoured in my sight. And so if you are very young, you can be caught up in God's purposes. If you are very old, you can be caught up in God's purposes. If life isn't going your way, if you're just finding your way, you can be caught up in God's purposes. Every single one of these people in Luke 1 and 2 are prepared to put down their own agendas to go with what God is wanting to do. Society around us says, well, be the person you want to be. Dream big dreams. Don't let anyone hold you back. And yet in these early scenes in Luke's gospel, the message is nuanced differently. It's about humbling ourselves before the God of the whole universe. It's about living to please him, putting him at the center of our lives and existence And so Mary, on being told she's going to be the mother of the Christ child, cries out, let it be to me according to your word. Joseph goes with the flow, even though he's mighty confused and somewhat suspicious of his fiancée's pregnancy. Simeon waits patiently for God's promise of a saviour to be fulfilled. And having held him in his arms, he says, now let your servant depart in peace. And Anna worships, fasts, and prays in anticipation of the one to come. Jesus is right at the center of these chapters. His story is unfolding chapter by chapter and verse by verse. But all around him, ordinary men and women are providing us with a beautiful model of what it means to worship with all of your hearts, all of your minds, all of your souls, and all of your strength. Let's just pick out a few of the characteristics we see on display. And if you've got, your, uh, if you've got Bibles there, paper Bibles, or if you've got uh, your phones, do, do look at the passage, because I'll refer to some of the verses and some of the descriptions there. It's Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 40, remember. First of all, we see a great deal of faithfulness. We see individuals who aren't distracted. They're in it for the long haul. They're keeping going and they're trusting in God's promises. We get a sense of that in the description of Simeon. And we see it clearly in Anna. We're told she never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. That was her particular calling. Now ours will look different, but the call to faithfulness is just as real as we look to God in all things. What might it mean for us to be faithful? And then we see expressions of obedience. Three times, just in these few verses, Luke emphasizes Mary and Joseph doing the right thing in the eyes of God. They're fulfilling the requirements of the law. That wasn't easy for them. In the 
background of suspicion and uncertainty and so many changes in their lives. So verse 23, they're presenting Jesus in the temple. We read they're fulfilling the purification rites of the law of Moses. A few verses later, verse 27, they're bringing the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Verse 39, when Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord. Luke's very keen to emphasize these things. That's why it's in there three times. They came under God's authority. They didn't just live as they pleased and do things as they wanted. They fulfilled the law of the Lord. So faithfulness, obedience, humility. It's not about them. These, these individuals aren't wanting to be the center of attention. Anna and Simeon aren't seeking any attention or praise. They're just ordinary people living out their faith, being signposts to Jesus and his purposes. And then we see a real openness to the Holy Spirit. Just look at the descriptions of Simeon. In consecutive verses, verse 25, the Holy Spirit was on him. Verse 26, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. Verse 27, moved by the Spirit. A real openness to the Spirit of God. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. And then we see characters who are filled with hope. And these two aging saints, they'd been waiting a long time, hadn't they, for the Messiah to come. But they'd never given up. And now they hoped and longed for more. Simeon saw who Jesus would be for Jew and for Gentile alike. Anna shared her hopes with those around her, encouraging them to look to Jesus for their future hope. They were hope-filled. They were thankful. Simeon took Jesus in his arms and praised God. Anna, we're told, gave thanks to God. Let's be, let's make sure that we at Christchurch, as a community and as individuals, are a thankful people, not a community of moaners. And then we see the way in which they seek to be witnesses. They shared of their own experience freely with others. This wasn't something, this, this news, this arrival of Jesus, the Christ child, it wasn't something to keep to themselves. And so we're told that Anna spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Now, if we think about that, this is taking place in the temple. So I imagine everyone who was in the temple was looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So Anna is telling anyone who will listen about this Jesus. So Anna, she may have been very old, and a widow. But as we retell her story, we see so much more, don't we? We see someone who was faithful and obedient and humble. We see in these characters that openness to the Spirit, that sense of hope, that gratitude and thankfulness, that desire to be witnesses to others. I think my, my sort of quick answer when someone asks me, you know, three words to describe yourself or an answer I've used in the past has been tall, male and sporty. 
But that's not how I want to be known. <laughs> that's not how I want to be remembered. Wouldn't it be good if I was uh, remembered as someone who was faithful, obedient, humble, open to the Spirit, thankful, hope-filled, a witness to Jesus? What about you? However you might define yourself or feel that others define you, what are the characteristics that you long to express, that you'd love to be known for? I guess most of you will have heard by now of the, of the passing of Terry Lacey this week. Terry and Barbara have been part of this community just for the last five or six years. Before that, they were part of the fellowship down at Pippin Jays in the centre of town for, for several decades. And as I think of, of Terry, I think of someone who was faithful, obedient, humble, the list goes on, open to the spirit. He'll leave behind that legacy. How would you like to be remembered? Let's just take a few moments to reflect on that. I'm going to read the lyrics of uh, a song we sometimes sing here. Jesus be the center. Because I'm reading them, just think about what it looks like for you to keep Jesus at the center and the sort of characteristics that you long to display. Jesus, be the center. Be my source. Be my light. Jesus. Jesus, be the center. Be my hope. Be my song. Jesus. Be the fire in my heart. Be the wind in these sails. Be the reason that I live. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, be my vision. Be my path. Be my guide. Jesus. Be the fire in my heart. Be the wind in these sails. Be the reason that I live, Jesus, Jesus. And so, Lord, we pray that you would work in us by your Holy Spirit, that some of these characteristics we see in the lives of those caught up in your gospel stories might be reflected in our own lives. Lord, we recognize that we're weak and vulnerable and we won't always get it right. But as people look at us, may they see lives marked by faithfulness, obedience to you, humility, and openness to your spirit with a sense of hope, an attitude of gratitude and a willingness and a desire to speak out in your name. So work in us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.